Stampede. Garner is in 171, recorded 212, 2023. I was born by the river In a little tent Oh, and just like the river I've been running Ever since It's been a long A long time coming But I know A change gonna come Oh, yes it will It's been too It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change gonna come, oh yes it will. Telling me don't hang around It's been a long, a long time coming But I know a change gonna come Oh, yes it will Then I go to my brother Help me please But he winds up Knocking me Back down on my knees America's policy in Ukraine has failed to explain to the American people one very important detail, and that's why Putin decided to send Russian troops into that country. All along, America's position has been to confront Russia's aggression without considering there may have been legitimate reasons for Putin's military actions. The truth is, the conflict in Ukraine has its origins in a global political and economic challenge which began in 2009 with the formation of a coalition of five major countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. BRICS has a combined population of 3.21 billion people, or 41.5% of the world's population. It has a combined nominal GDP of $26.6 trillion, about 26.2% of the world's gross production, with a combined foreign reserves estimated at $4.46 trillion. BRICS is challenging the way the United States and its Western European allies have been running economic policies 
for the last 50-odd years. America controls how the world banking system works, how the price of oil is determined, how information is disseminated to the public, on how things have been running in the world since the dollar was used as the only means of purchasing oil, or what is called the petrodollar. But the present conflict in Ukraine with the Russian Federation has been going on for decades. Russia made it clear that if Ukraine became a member of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, it posed a threat to its sovereignty. But there was much more. Russia had oil pipelines that passed through Ukraine and supplied Eastern Europe with oil and gas. For decades, Russia accused Ukraine with siphoning off some of that energy. As well, Ukraine demanded increases on taxing oil and gas that passed through those pipelines. As a result, Russia spent billions of dollars laying a direct pipeline of oil and gas from St. Petersburg and the Baltic Sea to Germany, called Nord Stream 2. That challenged a long-standing distribution of energy to Western Europe. American and European oil companies didn't like Russia taking over their markets.
The facts are 80% of Ukrainians speak Russian. In 2017, a new law was passed restricting Russian from being taught in schools. In Ukraine, the greatest number of people who declare their native language is found in the eastern part of that country. With over 70% in Crimea, Donbass, and Luhansk. What began as a cultural conflict with the teaching of the Ukrainian language evolved into a declaration for Russian intervention. Regarding Crimea, its population had experienced several crises since 1945. After being accused of collaborating with Germany during World War II, the native population of Crimea Tartars, numbering about a quarter of a million people, were relocated to the Far East in the Soviet Union, resulting in a migrant influx of Russians taking control of Crimea and expropriating property once owned by the Tartars. Later, the Soviet Union transferred Crimea to the regional government of Ukraine in 1954. But with the dissolution of the Soviet Union in 1991, Ukraine became an independent state, and hostilities broke out in Crimea directed at Russians who had taken possession of a quarter of a million Tartar properties. It produced protests and conflicts on the Crimean Peninsula until Russia sent troops to protect the Russian population in 2014. That resulted in Putin annexing Crimea, declaring it independent of Ukraine. Also, Russia had a long-standing land lease on a naval base in Crimea. So that, too, legitimized Putin's annexation. It continued Russian military influence in the Black Sea. So the history of Russia's involvement with the Crimean Peninsula was a complicated one. And Putin may have had good reasons for taking control of it. It was obvious the rest of the world wasn't about to fight Russia for giving it back to Ukraine. The invasion of Ukraine proper in 2022 may have been for other reasons. For decades, Ukraine had been stealing oil and gas from Russia's pipelines, and it wanted higher taxes on the transmission of Russian oil and gas. So Putin invested billions in supplying energy to Europe by building a new pipeline, the Nord Stream 2, bypassing Ukraine altogether. Anyone who ever loved could look at me and know that I love you. Anyone who ever dreamed could look at me and know I dream of
always say well, This time it's goodbye, dear Loving you the way I do I take you back Without you I die, dear Knowing I love you so challenged a global order when he built Nord Stream 2, attempting to distribute oil and gas to Western Europe. That order was determined by America after the end of World War II, and the Soviet Union wasn't included. No, the West had its own strategy for making economies run using fossil fuels, The Soviet Union could supply the Eastern Bloc countries, but Western Europe was off limits when it came to capitalist markets. But things change, and when the Soviet Union collapsed and communism was shown to be a failed economic system compared with the growth of the West, Russia could no longer be considered the orphan or stepchild of the world economies. It had potential. It was a country with great natural resources. And because of that, it couldn't be blocked from competing in the world's markets. The facts may be, Putin is a capitalist, and he wants to build the Russian economy with free enterprise. And that's a threat to the West. He's not a communist, and he wants what's best for the Russian people. He's a fierce nationalist who wants to sell Russia's natural resources to the rest of the world. And when it comes to Ukraine, he believes there's historical reasons for claiming part of it. Ukraine has a large population that identifies as being Russian. Besides, Ukraine was stealing oil and gas from Russian pipelines supplying energy to Eastern Europe. And I might say Putin's personality is at play here. 
because when he constructed Nord Stream 2 pipeline to Germany and the powerful oil and gas corporations of the West delayed the operation of that pipeline, he wanted to show that Russia wasn't taking a back seat for anyone anymore. And so he invaded Ukraine. I try to predict our future, and it's difficult doing that with what is happening in America, let alone what is going to be the outcome in the Ukrainian war. That war isn't going to be resolved, no matter how much military aid is given to fight the Russians back to their border. The facts are, it'll prolong a war that has far-reaching effects for America. If you see me walking down the street and I start to cry each time we meet Walk on Just let me grieve in private Cause each time I see you I break down and cry Walk on If the numbers are correct, in a recent interview with President Biden, Judy Woodruff said, we've sent $100 billion to Ukraine. 
to be fair, some of that $100 billion isn't just for their military, but also includes financial and humanitarian aid. Now, when it comes to money, it's estimated that the total annual Russian Federation budget for defense is around 75 to $80 billion. Of course, what America spends on defense is considerably larger, with around $816.7 billion. However, it's interesting to note economists always coordinate those numbers in relation to the percentage to our total national production. In other words, how much percentage our nation produces in relation to what our government actually spends for its budgets. Now, supposedly, what our government spends is somewhat accurate, even if the numbers of collected revenue don't match the expenditures. Or put another way, our government spends more than it takes in from taxation. Those numbers are perhaps accurate. But the front end of what our economy actually produces isn't so easily determined. It's said our economy is in the trillions of dollars. But if we aren't actually producing those trillions, then when economists say our defense budget of $816.7 billion is only 3.4% of our gross domestic production, that calculation may not be true because what we produce may not be in the trillions. In other words, if our economy is shrinking that we're not producing, then our percentage of GDP for spending on defense could be much higher. Or put another way, what our government spends in relation to our overall economy isn't accurate, that maybe America's productivity is shrinking. The truth may be, the American people may have a false sense of security, thinking we have a strong economy. Well, if true, our future may look something like this. If the American auto industry isn't building enough vehicles for the public, it'll start building military tanks to be sold to other countries, or for that matter, missiles, which have to be constantly replaced. It'll be our future, and it's called a war economy.
My prediction of America's economy may not be too far wrong. In fact, a war economy to boost America's shrinking productivity may be what's happening already. We might actually be at war with Russia, and not because of supplying the Ukrainian military with our weapons to counter Putin's annexing Crimea and Russian troops fighting in the eastern provinces of that country. No, that may not make us at war with Russia, but what happened to the Nord Stream 2 pipeline may be. Before Russia invaded Ukraine, Nord Stream 2 was to begin pumping oil and gas to Western Europe via Germany. That was clearly an attempt at Russia to enter a market that had been closed off to it since the end of World War II. The Soviet Union was a communist economy that occupied East European countries. So selling Russian oil for a profit didn't exist. But after the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1991, Russia had a legitimate reason to begin competing in the world markets. And this is my point. Putin was playing by the rules when he built a creative way to sell oil to the West, simply by laying pipeline in the Baltic Sea from St. Petersburg to Germany. He was doing what any smart capitalist was doing, trying to turn a profit. But big oil in the West didn't like him taking their businesses. So the pipeline's opening was delayed, and Putin lined battle troops along the Ukraine border. And so he invaded Ukraine. But what was at the heart of this conflict was the delay of Nord Stream 2 and attempts to block Russia from making a profit by selling one of its resources to improve the financial condition of the Russian people. President Biden made a warning that if Putin invaded Ukraine, Nord Stream 2 would never operate. Shortly after, the Nord Stream was sabotaged and a portion of the pipeline was blown up. That was an act of war. So you might say we're at war at any moment. This bitter earth This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come, and then a cut from Dinah Washington, This Bitter Earth, followed by three compositions by Burt Bacharach. First, Dionne Warwick, Anyone Who Had a Heart, then Warwick again with Walk On By, and then Aretha Franklin singing I say a little prayer, and finally, a shortcut of this bitter earth. Stampede, 
written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.